All right, good morning, planet Earth. You've tuned in to the show of all shows, <clears throat> the stream of random podcast, where we bring you the most random stuff ever. But we have a plan. So it's not necessarily random today, but it's going to be random because I'm in the I'm in the mix. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm on a busy road here. I'm doing my morning walk in case you're tuning in for the first time. Yep. And uh, we have a continuation of the Vlad interview, but he really just, Lex kind of just got, gave up, and now he's just switching subjects around, but this next clip, Vlad is saying that um, <clears throat> in a period of 10 years of each other, mathematicians receive proofs, or they come up with proofs in different locations um, for the same thing and that that's happened over time all over the world and he said maybe we're connected to something larger and I'd like to say maybe the conditions and the set of knowledge are just right um, that that is the next logical step. You know, I do... <clears throat> I do think that there is a larger thing that we're part of. It's called the world. And that world is made out of many moving parts, and we're all in it. And it gives us context. And, um... We don't necessarily have to be connect. Well, I guess we could be connected in many different ways through quantum entanglement, especially with our mothers. Um, because the very simple fact that our cells are her cells, the egg cell is our original cell. That our body is made out of. If you can imagine that. And our mitochondria are her mitochondria and they come down on the maternal line and they have their own DNA. Isn't that weird? So there is a quantum entanglement, I'm sure some kind of entanglement, but, um, you know, this is just fantasy. Fantasy. Now, I want to say that Vlad has really a peculiar way of viewing things. Particular way of viewing things. Because... Okay, Wolfram Alpha can derive formulas. true. Mathematical formulas can be derived by machines. Um, 
but uh, don't you think coming up with algorithms is a creative act? And what about art and music and all that? I think he's really, what we're dealing with is just someone who's coming from a certain context where he doesn't want to question, doesn't want to answer these questions. But I do think it's a really good way to, it's good to be critical of things, and I'm really happy to hear someone who's a buzzkill on the, on the machine learning hype, because I, especially the father of machine learning. Um, so I think that's actually quite sobering. I hope uh, Vlad has some more statements. We're going to uh, listen to this where he's talking about the um, global intelligence. And we're going to hope that he, he gives us some more gems of wisdom. But I have the fear, fear that Lex is trying to rescue the show. And I don't think he... He says he's Russian, but I'm not sure how Russian he is. Anyway. I mean, saying in terms of, like, is he exposed to people speaking English with bad Russian accents and deciphering them all the time? Maybe he is. I don't know his background. Um, maybe he'll listen to one of my shows. Hey, Lex, thanks for your great podcast. All right, let's go. In a non-mathematical way, <laughs> it, w it wasn't, uh, as far as we know, uh, God uh, or, or or whoever didn't uh, come up with a model uh, and place it in our brain of admissible functions. It kind of evolved. I don't know. Maybe you have a view on this, but so Alan Turing in the fifties, in his paper, uh, asked and rejected the question: Can machines think? It's not a very useful question, but can you briefly entertain this useful, useless question? Can machines think? So talk about intelligence and your view of it. I don't know that. I know that Turing described imitation. If computer can imitate human being, let's call it intelligent. And he understands that it is not thinking computer. Yes. He, he completely understands what he's doing. Yes. But he set up problem of imitation. So now we understand that the problem not in imitation. I'm not sure that intelligence just inside of us. It may be also outside of us. I have several observations. So when I prove some theorem, mm -hmm. it's a very difficult theorem. Uh, in a couple of years, in several places, people prove the same theorem, say, soil lemma after us was done, then another guy proved the same theory. In the history of science, it's happened all, all the time. For example, geometry. Mm -hmm. It's happened simultaneously. First it did Lobachevsky, and then uh, Gauss, and Boyayi, and another guys. And it approximately in 10 times period, 10 years period of time. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of examples like that. And many mathematicians think that when they develop something, mm -hmm. they developing something in general which affects everybody. Mm -hmm. So maybe our model that intelligence is only inside of us is incorrect. It's our interpretation. Yeah. It may be they exist 
some connection with yeah. world intelligence. I don't know. That. You're almost like plugging in into... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and contributing to this... Into a uh, big network. Into, into a big... Uh, maybe in your own... <clears throat> okay, so they're talking about big O notation and the worst case and best case. And he said that um, the best case is when you know all the probabilities of a function and you have the um, <clears throat> invariance and you have the large, uniform large law of large numbers. He's going on about that again. And I kind of skipped over that. And then they're talking about, well, what about in the middle? Can you describe the things in the middle between the best case and the worst case? And Vlad says you can't, there's no generality in the middle. Um, you can model them, but those models aren't general. So I would just like to propose here, and I think this is important for me, that if we were to sum up things and get large counts of them and say, okay, well, in the middle, we have three groups, and these are the big three, and they're generally like this, that, and that, then we could create a model for them. Um, and uh, we could exploit <clears throat> those groups and say, well, for this group, we could solve it like this, and for that group, we can solve it like that. And that would um, maybe speed things up if we treat them differently different cases and that's kind of where I'm thinking right now about my problems hey and I didn't even talk about my problems today so let's just randomly switch to that so I drew a diagram and I showed the core core circle of the compiler and it's actually a concentric circle because like it circles and circles um, look at these deer they just love in this garden Good morning, dear. So, you have the core of your compiler, let's say, and then you have all the libraries that you include. They're like in circles above. And then you have <clears throat> the history and time going backwards. So it's a three-dimensional, um, call it a, uh, a column, a pillar over time going back um, because these, this code has many versions that came before it, each with one step of a change. And then you have branches which go in all different directions. So you really have like a tree structure of the compiler, right? Like this core, this core tube is actually going all over the place, left, right, and so forth, because you have different branches over time. So that's, first of all, the way I'd like to think about it. And then, so you got all these different timelines, which represent human activity. And then you have the Variance and invariance in all those different versions where you can see um, <clears throat> This is where This thing is constant throughout all of them, right? 
So there actually will be an invariant structure through all the different versions. Or all the versions starting from one point. You'll have an invariance. Let's just say like you have a time window of that invariance or a um, branchal, like, like a cube that's sliced out. Like it starts at this point and expands to the left and right and forward in time. And that's where that invariant lives. Um, and then I guess those invariants could change over time, so they become variants over time. But inside of those things, they're, they're invariant. If that makes any sense. You could say it's invariant for versions 1, 2, and 3, but then in version 4 they switched something, and they had new, different invariants for versions 5, 6, and 7, let's say. And there was a transformation between them. So yeah, this is kind of where my mind is at, and I'm trying to I'm struggling with modeling things in terms of invariance and variance. But uh, and then I'm also thinking about the topology of these tree structures. It's like, well, this one field has a pointer, and the pointer could be. To a single object that should actually be a contained object or it could be to a link list and the list has this average size or the probability of having this size right or it could have the um, you could have a uh, an array so we could have different um could be recursive so we have different types of pointers um and we're going to have different checks and assertions also in the code actually that will always be asserted definitely think that with certain knowledge that those assertions could be turned into invariants. So we can go from variations to invariations. So I think that would be interesting. Morning guys. So, so those are some thoughts that I've had. Um, yeah, let's get back to Vlad. Your life as a human being by the worst thing you did and the best thing you did versus all the stuff in the middle. It seems uh, not productive. I don't think so because you cannot describe 
situation in the middle or it will be not general. So you can describe edge cases and it is clear it has some model but you cannot describe okay well thank you vlad for rescuing this because it doesn't matter what lex asks him he's gonna go back he's like i don't know but from my perspective let me tell you about what i want to talk about he just brings it right back to his topic and then he says um the um then he says that the whole uh artificial intelligence is the people playing the imitation game they're trying to imitate human intelligence Good morning and or imitate humans and that's not the right way to do it so uh now i'm gonna actually go back and listen and try and parse out what he's saying because i think it might be difficult for some people so hold on a second so he says if you do a formal distribution you're going to need a lot of information. So the predicate, uh, walks like a duck, contains a lot of bits of formal information. So the um, invariants compose a large amount of data. That's what he's trying to say, I think. And then he says, we don't know how much, how many bits of information are contained in the invariants from intelligence. He says artificial, but then he corrects himself. He says from intelligence. So he's saying that the intelligence is what's giving you the um, invariants. And he can't really measure the bit quantity of that. The mean? <laughs> the, the stuff in the middle? Or no? I don't know that. Because I think that, but from my point of view, if you will use formal statistic, mm -hmm. you need <coughs> uniform law of large numbers. If you will use this invariance business, you will need just law of large numbers. You don't, and, and there's a huge difference between uniform law of large numbers and large numbers. Is it useful to describe that a little more, or should we just take it to? No, for example, when when I talking about duck, I gave three predicates and mm -hmm. that was enough. But if you will try to to do formal, distinguish, you will need a lot of observation. I got you, uh, and. So that means that information about looks like a duck contain a lot of bit of information, formal bits of information. So we don't know that how much bit of information contain things from artificial, in, from intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that is the subject of analysis. Till now, all business I, I don't like how uh, people consider artificial intelligence. They consider us some... Okay. So, he's going to say that people are focused in the artificial intelligence on imitating, as I mentioned, I, I'm just rolling back a little bit, 
for context. And then he's going to say that um, the intelligence is the choosing of these predicates, these invariants, and how those are chosen. That's beginning to be analyzed. And that is the question of learning. But um, I'm just going to give a contrarian point of view that those predicates could be anything. I guess I guess they can't be anything. <clears throat> but that humans... I guess they're kind of like the axioms. But in any case... Um, I mean, they could be anything. Uh, you could generate, you know, billions of predicates, let's say, with some kind of computer. That doesn't mean that they're right. So the selection of the predicates um, is intelligence. But the question is, is it really... Um, not just luck, it's like we lucked out, we chose these predicates, or is it intelligence? Okay, well, I'm no expert, let's, let, let's hear, listen to Vlad, but I'm kind of thinking that he's, he's picking sides here, right? And that um, there's going to be some kind of uh, choice being made. where um, some kind of choice being made by a human and um, I guess it's a lucky choice or not or is it really intelligent okay I'm repeating myself I, I don't like how people consider artificial intelligence they consider us some codes which imitate activity of human being. Mm -hmm. It is not science. It is applications. You would like mm -hmm. to imitate go ahead. It is very useful and, mm -hmm. and, and, and good problem. But you need to, 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 to learn something more. How people try to do, how people can to develop, say, uh, predicate swims like a dog or play like butterfly or something like that. Then not, not the teacher tells you how it came in his mind, how he chooses this image. So that process... That is problem of intelligence. That is the problem of intelligence. And you see that connected to the problem of learning? Absolutely. Are they... Because you immediately give this predicate, like a specific predicate, swims like a dog or quack like a dog. It was chosen somehow. So Vlad is going to tell us that the question of intelligence of these predicates is not even being really studied yet, that it's a big problem. How to measure the effectiveness of a teacher. Why is one teacher better than the other? How does it even work? So what is the line of work, would you say, if you were to formulate it as a set of open problems that will take us there? 
will t- to play like a butterfly, will get a system to be able to... Let's separate two stories. One mathematical story, that if you have predicate, you can do something. And another story, you have to get predicate. It is intelligence problem, and people even did not start understand intelligence. Because to understand intelligence, first of all, try to understand what doing teachers. Half teacher teach. Why one one teacher better than another one? Yeah. So you you think we really even haven't started on the journey of no. generating the predicates? No. We don't understand. We even don't understand that this problem exists. Because did you? You hear? do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I I I just <laughs> no name. Yeah. I I want to understand uh, why one teacher better than another, and how. Okay, so he's talking about um, a challenge for recognizing numbers, and they talk about, I mean, I'm skipping over a whole bunch of stuff now, and they talk about uh, if there's a symmetry, um, a vertical symmetry or horizontal symmetry in um, the numbers that could be used as an invariant, and then he's going to say that they're you know, they're discussing whether or not you have to be human and grow up. And then he's going to talk about, like, <clears throat> maybe there's languages um, or meta uh, information, meta predicates or, uh, that can be used to find the right predicates. But basically he's saying that one example is just one bit of information and it can remove some functions that are not um, admissible. Um, but a predicate can remove a whole class of them. So that's kind of uh, where, they're, where they're going with this. Um, He's just repeating himself. I just love the way he uh, hijacks this whole interview to talk about his paper. He's like, I'm going to talk about my paper. I just published it yesterday. I have nothing else in my mind. And Lex is trying to steer him into, like, beauty and reflection and all these other things. And Vlad's just like, no. We don't not to discuss anything. Uh, you got to love this guy. Then you, you must know something more than digits. Yes. To, to, and that's to, a powerful statement. Yeah. But maybe there are several languages of description um, these elements of digits. So I'm talking about symmetry, about some symmetry, right. properties of geometry. I'm talking about something abstract. I don't know that. But this is a problem of intelligence. So in one of our articles, it is trivial to show that every example can carry not more than one bit of information in real. Because uh, when you show example, uh, and you say this is one, you can remove, say, a function which does not tell you one. Say, it's the best strategy. If you can do it perfectly, it's remove half of the functions. But when you use one predicate, which looks like a duck, you can remove much more function than half. 
And that means that it contains a lot of detailed informations from formal point of view. But when you have a general picture of what you want to recognize and general picture of the world, can you invent this predicate? And that predicate carry a lot of information. Beautifully put. Maybe just me, but in all the... Okay, guys, that wraps it up. I'm skipping over the rest of the interview. You can go listen to it. He actually starts to speak English a little bit more. His rush... Oh, maybe I'm just getting used to his voice, but... Uh, the beginning of the interview was really... Um, really tough, but he smooths out later. And he basically, he's saying that um, he thinks that he has finally defined what is intelligence and that he has found a universal perpetual truth not instrumentalism but realism so this guy is so convinced of his thing and that was two years ago we have to go back and look how this was received um, <clears throat> but I do like his uh, counter I do like his counter um, hype and counter fantasy attitude. I think it's important to um, to take that stance once in a while, and actually it resonates with me deeply because I'm also kind of anti-hype, even though I'm hyping my own stuff, I guess. Well, yeah, we 7:30. We have another. Uh, half an hour and 45 minutes together before I um, will be home. I have the most incredible view of the river and um, the Delaware, which is a very beautiful river. And um, it's, uh, it's really amazing. Gary Noel was talking about how um, he was talking about how nature, 20 minutes in nature can really, a day can improve your mood and your feelings reduce depression and all that hey these freaking lantern bugs has anyone ever considered that they might be the ones carrying COVID freaking lantern bugs the Asian invaders that's ah, a crazy idea of course but I wonder how we're not celebrating their diversity everyone's all upset about these lantern bugs coming in I don't see any signs saying um, that we should uh, adopt a more inclusionist attitude towards the invasive species I mean, their feelings might be hurt if we step on them. So, <clears throat> I don't know what we're going to talk about next. I think we have to reflect on what Vlad was telling us. And um, he's saying the definition of intelligence is the choosing of invariance. And that he hasn't even begun to 
um, to formulate that and to study it. But uh, I think it's going to be um, interesting to think about. And if I start, I've started to think about it for my problem, as I described earlier, you know, what is invariant over time. You know, considering, well, I guess I, I was thinking more of examples. And he's talking about rules that you can apply for all things. Because, just because it's, well, but I think if we adopt a closed world model, as I was talking about, or a limited closed world, let's just say a multiple versions model, um, maybe that's not invariant, maybe there's just examples. Maybe I need some more coffee. Well, let me think about this a little bit more and I will chime in later if I have anything to say.